0: You are listening to What If, a podcast for Tarot Professionals, where we talk about all kinds of uncomfortable topics that most of us don't want to talk about, but we really need to discuss. Every episode, we are tackling all kinds of what ifs and questions that you might be privately wondering about or maybe worrying about. And what we're trying to do is look at that question, look at that situation from different angles and also look for options and solutions and some of the subject matter might be again a little little scary or uncomfortable but ultimately the goal of this podcast is about inspiration and encouragement because our philosophy is that every dilemma can be resolved and things are always easier when you know that you are not the only person feeling nervous and stuck after all we are all in this together. I'm your host, Teresa Reed, also known as the Tarot Lady, and I'm here today with my fabulous co host, Wald Amberstone of the Tarot School, and this is episode three. So we are going to dive right in. Hi, Wald.
1: Hey, Teresa, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. And I want to say today we are discussing a really hot topic. We're talking about technology, and I want to say before we even get started, isn't it amazing? that here you and I are, we're living miles apart, we are on our phones, we are recording this, we are going to put this up on the Internet so people can listen to it. Isn't that amazing that we are able to do that in this day and age?
1: It is. It's a, it's the kind of amazing that is described by scientists when they say that uh, magic is just a science that, uh, that people don't understand. Yes. So we're
0: actually in the business of combining magic and science, are we not? Absolutely. Absolutely. And technology is magic and science, indeed. You know, I don't know if, if you grew up watching that Star the Star Trek back in the day, but you remember the shows where they had those little, little funky phones and all that technology, or maybe even things like we'd see cartoons where people would be talking into the future. I think it was the Jetsons, and it would show, like, images of people then on a screen that they were talking to. And I think back then it was hard to imagine that this stuff would become a reality.
1: Well, one of the things we've learned from that process is that whatever we can imagine, we can do.
0: That's totally, totally right on. And, you know, technology is always evolving, so today what we're going to talk about is how to stay on top of this ever-changing technological landscape, even if you are a technophobe. So, Walt, what I want to start off is, is talking about our personal stories with technology. I want to know... About your background in technology, how did you get started with the World Wide Web, and how has technology changed your life and your business?
1: When I began to be in business for myself, which was a long time ago, 40 years ago or more, and I've been in business for myself ever since, being in business meant, among other things, getting customers, and you got customers by making cold calls, making phone calls, showing up in people's offices, uh, doing everything in person one way or another. The phone was important and footwork was important, and you supported that with paperwork. And everything was done with paper files and Rolodex uh, devices and stuff like that and the occasional typewriter. That was what technology and business consisted of for a small entrepreneur, as far as I'm aware of it anyway. And at this point... None of those things are possible. Every single bit of that style of doing business is gone and cannot be actually done anymore. Nobody wants to see you show up at their office. Nobody wants to get a phone call from you out of the blue. Nobody is capable of keeping track of all the things that need to be kept track of on paper. And the whole process has simply disappeared. That whole old process has disappeared. In 40 years... That's my, my awareness of business and business practice. The thing has been so completely transformed that what used to be simply does not exist anymore. So whether you like it or not, if you're in business, you're going to have to go with the technology and the uh, practices that are current. There is no other choice. And I would have wished that there was another choice because <laughs> I'm not particularly comfortable with this stuff. I, there are certain things where I love change and certain things where I don't. And it surprises me and makes me really laugh at myself to see how resistant to it I am. But I got started with technology basically through my wife, Ruth Ann. Uh, We are partners, and we run a tarot school together. And it's a complex business, even though it's a small business by most standards. And without this technology, it would literally be impossible. The technology gives you power to do on your own what used to require the support of many other businesses. Now you can do for yourself, and you in fact have to do for yourself. what what you required other people to do for you once upon a time. Well, Ruthann has been great in absorbing, learning these things, becoming a fabulous, uh, competent end user, and making the whole business happen. My part of it is a very different part, but I have discovered in recent times that in order to do my work, I have had to learn things that I was reluctant to learn to begin with, and um, reluctant only because it meant adding to my workload. I had to learn things, and learning things took time. It took time to learn them, took time to remember them, took time to practice them, took time to integrate them, and took time to use them. And all of that I begrudged because my job was of a different kind. But there it is. You've got to do it. So not too long ago, maybe six months ago or thereabouts, I think, I actually learned how to use Facebook, I got on, I got a Facebook account. I,
0: I was shocked when you showed up on Facebook. <laughs>
1: I know, it's true, isn't it? Everybody got the biggest kick out of that because I'm such a notorious technophobe. And there I am, by God, doing my thing. And it's been fun, and it's been useful, and it, it, because I learned uh, how to do it, uh, of course there are a lot of things about Facebook I still don't know, but most, most of what I need I do know now. And I discovered that it wasn't that difficult. Once I got started, it was liberating, and the liberation produced pleasure, and so a great deal of my resistance melted away because I found that it was actually kind of fun to do.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: If it weren't fun, I don't think I could bring myself to do it. I'm one of those people who simply needs to have a certain amount of enjoyment in what I do, or I can't bring myself, I just don't have the discipline to make
0: it happen. Right on. Right on. Well, you know, I was very, people have a hard time believing this, but like you, I was very reluctant to do the whole technology thing. You know, I've been in business also a really long time, and a lot of my business, I, I would probably say my business basically was word of mouth. Uh, people would get a reading from me, and they would tell someone else about it, or I'd do a party, or, you know, some kind of appearance where people would be able to find me that way. And that was the only way they were able to find me. I, I like to say I was the best kept secret in my town. And I did okay like that for a long time. And the whole idea of a computer and all that, I just didn't see how I could use it. Well, my kids, and you gotta, you gotta love young people because they've grown up with all this stuff, they insisted I get a computer. So they got me a used computer and I said, I'm not gonna use this. That's how stubborn I was. But they set it up and they showed me how to do email. And so, you know, I learned how to do email and how to shop on the Internet. And it was a little slow going at first. I was really intimidated. Uh, I was worried that I might, you know, meet unpleasant people because you always hear of the horror stories. So I had a lot of fear. I had a lot of things that I had to overcome. And being an introvert also, just the idea of being out there like that was a little bit scary. Well, I finally started getting a little bit of the hang and then I finally decided, I think I need to put up a website. And so I finally did it. And it was scary as heck. You know, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I had actually worked with someone previously who made it look really painful. So I finally decided I'm going to get myself a manual on how to do this. And I got a manual, uh, I think it's by Linda.com. They have a, a lot of books out about how to, like you know, put up web pages and stuff like that. So I got the book and put up a really basic website. It wasn't pretty, but it was interesting because some of my clients, who are locals, really enjoyed it, and they were like in my writing. It was an ugly, ugly site. you can go and <laughs> <laughs> But it was a start. And then I took mm-hmm. a class, and I learned how to make the site a little bit better.: I and... bet
1: you, I bet you, you could probably produce an interesting Internet museum. On the ugliness of the older sites. Oh
0: my god, yes. I mean, boy, some of those old sites, <laughs> they're they're fun to look back on. I know. And after um after I got my site really looking decent and functional, I noticed uh you know something was happening. I was starting to go on social media and I had more people starting to come to my site and suddenly my business started really blossoming in new ways because instead of just being local, I was working with people who were maybe in New York City or they were in the Philippines or, you know, somewhere else. And so I finally then went and had another redesign done to make the site more functional, and I really started working on my blogging. And from there, my business actually, walled completely turned on its head. Uh Instead of me doing all word of mouth, a lot of people find me on social media or they find my site. They Google me, and they maybe... You know, search around, they they see if they like my personality or not, and that's going to be what determines whether or not they do business. Also, for a lot of my clients, I have local ones who don't want to drive down here, especially the ones who are getting older. They love that they can go online, they can just pay for a reading, they can call me or email the reading. It's made it convenient for my clients Mm-hmm. It's made it convenient for me, and it's really allowed my business to flourish in ways I never thought possible. So my uh, going into, into technology was very clunky, but once I started getting the hang of it, I really saw the benefits of it.
1: When we began the Tarot School, it was a brick-and-mortar kind of thing. Yeah. You had a place to teach. You had a classroom that you rented and you put out advertising in various little, you know, new-age newspapers. And little bit by little bit, a combination of word of mouth and a little bit of local advertising that you could do brought you people, and they would actually show up as warm bodies in a class. These days, and that was the only kind of business we did Mm -hmm. uh, for a long time. And then as the technology began to kick in, uh, we went from um, spending most of our time Creating classes for uh, actual live performances, so to speak, actually live classes with a classroom. We went to spending most of our time doing distance teaching. We did teaching on telephone right. by way of you know teleclasses, which was the first wave of this kind of technology. We have since developed into you know, you know webinars and other such things. We have uh, courses that are that are either mailed out or emailed out to people all over the world, and I now do. Uh, Teaching and coaching for people in I don't know forty countries,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and uh, it is possible through technology to reach every part of the world and people you know of every kind of uh, of economic condition, and every kind of you know uh, ethnicity and stuff. We have people from China, people from Australia, people from India, people from South America, people from Europe. All of those people are are in our reach. They are. It is possible for them to reach us and to find in in America the proliferation of tarot that is not so readily available elsewhere.
0: Absolutely.
1: I mean, we're kind of that. We're kind of a hotbed of that here. I'm not exactly sure why America turned to this so readily, uh, but we do way more of it, I think, than can be found anywhere else. And yeah. When it comes to expertise, the people in other countries look to this place for you know, the great teachers. Mm-hmm. And they can find them, and they can reach them, and they can do it economically, and they can do it quickly and comfortably. They can do it from the comfort of their own homes, and when they want to get together, they can. And even the conferences are organized so that technology makes it possible for people everywhere to get together. Were it not for that, all of us would still be stuck working in our hometown.
0: That's totally true. And, you know, here's an interesting thing, too, with the, with the Internet. Um, it really helps you to build a community, and to realize there are other readers out there. You know, while I've been in it a long time and there weren't a lot of readers in my neighborhood, uh, very few of us here. In fact, most of us now are pretty good friends, which is really lovely. Um, but it was, it was hard to find that sense of community, so you really felt isolated. And the beautiful thing about the Internet now is that you can find like-minded people, not just clients, but peers and colleagues and people who also really love this. So it really helps you to be less lonely. You know, in fact, I didn't even know there was such a thing as a tarot conference. I never knew it until one day, um, I think it was six years ago, I was fiddling around. I'm like, oh, there's a tarot conference. I'm going to sign up for this. I need to meet more tarot people. And that was when I came to my first conference, which was the Reader Studio. And it's been wonderful because I've made so many good friends, uh, you know, I just having that support around you and getting to meet people that I've admired like, uh, you know, Rachel Pollack, it, it's just been amazing.
1: Well, I don't know how they did it in the old days. There were and have been professional conferences for all the different professions that we have. I mean, there are there are conferences for dentists and conferences for, oh, piano players and conferences for magicians and conferences for Uh, You know, for booksellers and conferences for, you know, people who are enthusiastic about, um, um, what do you call them, Um, comic books and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. any kind of special interest has a conference. Yep. How they managed to create those conferences when everything was done by telephone and by paper records,
0: I do not know. Well, you know, there were trade magazines and ads and magazines and newspapers. Mm -hmm. So there were ways to do it, but the Internet makes it much easier for us to connect, not just for our businesses but for our communities and for people who really love the same thing.
1: I I am old enough to remember what it was like when this was not possible. So am I. And I'm old enough to, to now understand the difference between the two. However, there's a whole bunch of people. Now, a whole generation of people who are not old enough to remember what it was like before. And I have a feeling that for them, the world as, as it was before is incomprehensible. Yeah. They literally cannot conceive what it was like.
0: No, my kids grew up in you know the, the technology age. And I remember when phones, when you shared a phone line with your neighbor... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and you'd get on the phone and oh, somebody else is on it. You'd have to wait till they got off. Yeah, I remember those days.
1: <laughs> that's really funny. When I was, uh, I, when I was in my thirties, my, I had a son who was about six years old at the time, and he said to me once, "He said, Daddy, were there trains where you were young?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like that. So here we are. Now, literally in a transformed universe, and one of the things you mentioned before was how not to become irrelevant. Mm -hmm. And I think the only people for whom that is an issue are the people who remember times before this one. Yes. And how many of those do you think there are? What percentage of the tarot community do you think are people who have bridged two, two worlds?
0: I think that we're getting a lot better and a lot hipper. I mean, we are an aging industry, and that is something that I'm quite aware of. Average, I think the average tarot reader now is 50 or over. Mm -hmm. A couple years ago it was 40s or over, but that's all changing and shifting. Um, You know, of course, we don't know. There could be many, many young, wonderful readers out there that are in this, and we just are not aware of it. But um, I've encountered plenty of people who've been suddenly starting to get into it. So I think our percentage of... Those of us who are, you know, older and bridging the world between doing our work the old way but also embracing the new way, I think it's becoming a little more common. What do you think?
1: I definitely think it's becoming more common uh, that the older generations have embraced the new technology simply out of partly out of necessity, Mm -hmm. and partly because some of them are actually curious and lively and intellectually aware, and they actually enjoy new things. I mean, some of us are reluctant, some of us are enthusiastic. That's a matter of personality. But whether you like it or not, you are going this way because you really can't
0: help it. Yeah, everything is being done on computers, and and when you think about it. Uh, touch screens, when you go to mm-hmm. buy something at Walgreens, mm-hmm. you have to slide your card, you have to sign on that little thing. You know, sometimes when you go into certain things, like I was just in uh, Time Warner to get my a new cable box, a new modem, and instead of having a thing where you pick a ticket, you had to go to a big screen, you had to push buttons and sign your name in on the touch mm-hmm. screen. Mhm. You know, right. it, so you have to learn this stuff. You can't really get away with it because it's going to show up in your life somewhere.
1: <laughs> you know, I have a a laptop which is my first computer and it has a um, you know, a touchpad and I you know, you move your cursor around by working with touchpad. And I have not actually worked with a mouse. mm
2: mm-hmm. Mhm.
1: Ruth Ann works with a mouse all the time, and she prefers that. I never really learned to use it, so I don't have the the, the particular uh, nimbleness of hand and eye that uh, controls the mouse and makes the cursor move where you want right so he, uh, once in a while. I will be in an environment where somebody wants me to take over their computer briefly in a, in a business situation and either type something in or, uh, you know, make some kind of notation in their in their particular system in order to go forward with a business transaction, and I've got to use a mouse because that's what they've got. Right. And you know what? It's embarrassing because I can't. hmm I mean, I try, but it's like, really, it's like watching watching Frankenstein stumble around trying to figure out how to walk. Yeah. I mean, it's awful. It's really embarrassing.
0: It is. But, you know, i, I got to tell you, sometimes, Wald, I will be at the grocery store and I'll see older people who stand at the checkout line
2: mm-hmm. and have a
0: really hard time working those card readers. Yes. And I know they must be awfully, awfully embarrassed about that. And, you know, I often think, gee, you know, I, I don't want to get like that, not because I'm, I'm, you know, looking at them in a negative light, but it worries me that if we don't learn these things, even how to use a mouse or a card reader, we become helpless. We become dependent on others. And I think it's important for us to remain as independent as long as possible. And that's why I think learning technology, even how to use a mouse, if you seems, have to do that for once in a while, it's good for yeah. you.
1: Well, you know, it, the, these different skills, and there's quite a few of them actually, yeah. um, are the new form of literacy. Yep. Not knowing how to do these things is the equivalent of being illiterate. Yeah. I mean, being in a world surrounded by street signs and newspapers and you know all the different things that we used to acquire by reading – alone. Imagine to yourself if you couldn't read. Oh my goodness, yeah. How you would feel in this world.
0: Yeah. Helpless.
1: Exactly. And so it's not only a matter of being embarrassed and not only a matter of inconvenience, it's a matter of being helpless.
0: Yeah. You don't
1: that's what that is essentially where this whole series of podcasts, you know, originated was the understanding that as people get older for a variety of reasons they lose their relevance. They lose their ability to cope with the world as it is at the moment. And in doing so, they find themselves in the hands of other people. They lose their independence. They lose their personal power. In some cases, you know, they may even lose their lives if they're not careful. And so uh, it's necessary to learn what you need to know in order to get from day one to day two. You really have to get to tomorrow, And if you don't have the tools to get to tomorrow, you're going to be in real trouble. And it's something that is a a continuously increasing problem for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. My interest in all of this is primarily due to my own aging process. I'm getting older, Mm -hmm. and I became aware that these are problems for me. Mm -hmm. And I looked around, and I saw that it must be a problem for other people in their own way, each one in their own way. There's so many people mm-hmm. who are in this situation, and it seemed to me it needed to be addressed. You're younger than I am by a generation, I think. And yep. uh, and so for you, your personal perspective on this is your own. It depends on how old you are, where you find yourself. You have also undertaken to rectify that issue of illiteracy a long time ago so that you are not only proficient but enthusiastic. And not only are you able, but you're on the cutting edge to some extent anyway, as everybody must be. So your, your perception and mine, although they agree theoretically, they don't really have the same feeling
0: to the urgency that I feel. Yes. You may not. Well, let me tell you, though, Wald. I do feel a certain urgency to it because oftentimes when I'm doing business mentoring for, for people in our industry or other mystical industries, one of the things that I come across the most is the resistance and fear around technology. And, you know, that's, that's a real big one. So oftentimes I'll find myself helping someone learn how to do really simple technology things, and once they discover that it's not that hard and I've taken the fear out of it, then they're fine. But getting people to overcome that, it really takes a lot of a lot of work a lot of convincing and they really need someone who's been there who understands that feeling and helps them to see that it's not as hard as they thought and that they can learn it too
1: if a person were to to arrive at the understanding that they need to do this and they mm-hmm. decided to take the plunge how would a person who doesn't have this knowledge go about acquiring it
0: well I'm glad you brought that up because I've got a whole bunch of suggestions that might really help people who are listening to this today. You know, first of all, one of the things I'm a huge fan of, of course, is reading books. I am old school. I don't do all my reading as a digital thing. Uh-huh. I like a good book. There are now so many books available that you can get at your library or at the bookstore that really spell out all the basics. Of technology. You can get books on how to run your smartphone. You can get books on basic computing, how to use the internet, how to design a simple website, how to do social media. There is so much out there right now, Walled, and a lot of them come with, and this is going to make me sound a little little remedial here, I like getting the books with pictures in them because Uh, I want to see exactly how it's done. I'm a visual learner. mm -hmm. I always learn best visually. If you read me if you just read to me, I'm going to be bored out of my mind. Also, I have a hearing impairment, so visual works really well for me. So I'll get books with pictures that show exactly how things are done so I can follow along. So I do really recommend that people get a book, get the manuals, get the books, get one that's really easy to understand, and what you're going to find is that this is going to help you get in and get learning it. You know, the the book that I got on a website I had that a long time ago now, and it was a book on Dreamweaver, which was a type of you know web stuff, or uh, a web program. And the book was by lynd com And it was wonderful because it explained everything clearly, it had pictures, but it also came with the CD that was a training CD that really forced you to follow along with the book and do some of the exercises so you could figure things out. And that was a wonderful way for me to learn. So I highly recommend getting books that really display things well. Now, the other thing I recommend is there are lots of wonderful online classes, too. And Linda.com, the one who wrote that book, has this fabulous website with really inexpensive classes. And these are tutorials that are video tutorials that walk you through Every kind of technology thing you can imagine, whether it's website, whether it's something like email, whether it's how to take a photo and, you know, resize it and make it look better, they've got everything there. And so I'm a huge believer in these online classes. I think taking online classes is great. In fact, I just took one yesterday, not from Linda.com, but from Natalie Lucier, who's a wonderful, wonderful technology teacher. I think she's just amazing. And it's a class on how to do webinars. And I wanted to learn more about it. And so I took the class. It was wonderful. It was simple. It was a half hour out of my day. And it gave me a lot of really great information. And once again, it was visual. I could see exactly what she was doing. I also recommend YouTube.com. YouTube has all kinds of tutorials on there. And I go to YouTube for these tutorials all the time. In fact, I was just, you're going to laugh at this, I... (laughs) I just uh had to go on YouTube the other day to figure out how to wrap my earbuds back into the container they came in.
1: Oh my god, I <laughs> I I got a set of earbuds and I could not figure that out to save my It's the stupidest thing. How do you manage to pack damn earbuds? It's really it's like the stupidest thing and I couldn't figure it out.
0: Well, you can find it on youtube.com. <laughs> so, I I have to laugh, but I go to YouTube all the time. Right. The other thing that I recommend, too, if you are a Mac person, now my husband and I were a divided household.
1: Mm-hmm. My husband's
0: PC and Android. I'm Mac on uh-huh. everything.
1: That's so funny. You're, you're a mixed marriage, huh?
0: We really are. <laughs> we, and we have wars over this. We also have wars over Tai Chi and yoga, but that's a that's different so story. Funny. Uh-huh. But one of the wonderful things, if you do get Apple products, which I do highly recommend, they have free classes right at their store. And so one of the things that I started doing also early on when I was really learning to embrace technology, I would take those free classes. Uh So I took classes in how to use your computer, how to use your iPad, how to use an iCloud, how to use your iPhone. I also signed up for their one-on-one lessons, and that way I could go in once a week and I could sit with somebody and tell them exactly what I wanted to learn and have them walk me through it. How how much time uh,
1: do you think, and what, what percentage of your time do you spend on learning?
0: Oh, well, I love to learn, so I try to learn something new every day. But that's we, not always technology. I just want to say, well, like I might be trying to learn something about, one day I woke up and I decided I need to learn how bowling balls are made. I'm you know, talking, I,
1: yeah, I know, but I'm talking about technology. How much te- time do you spend learning that?
0: I would say I probably spend at least a good hour a week learning something new on technology.
1: The but, reason I mention it is because I discovered that um, if I learn something and I don't practice it, I mm-hmm. forget it very quickly. Mm. There are a lot of things to learn, especially at my, my stage of things, much more to learn than, than, than I already know. The balance between what I know and what I need to know is heavily you know, on the yeah. side of what I need to know. And I find that if somebody shows me something once, I may remember, generally speaking, how it's done, but I may very easily forget, a portion of the actual maneuverings that are required to make something happen. And the only way that I can do it is to do it again and again. It's just practice.
0: Right, it's hands on.
1: And so um, again, the mental agility that is required begins to uh, erode somewhat as one gets a bit older. And I find that I need to go i I just get a certain amount of necessary pleasure and value from going slowly rather than quickly. Mm-hmm. It, and I guess everybody has to go at their own pace. But um, the the amount of money and time that Ruthann especially has spent
2: mm-hmm.
1: on learning, you know, on videos and courses and stuff like yep. that, it was tremendous. The amount of actual value mm-hmm. gotten from those things is relatively minimal
2: mm-hmm.
1: because it, it's pouring... You know, twelve ounces of water into a four-ounce glass, mm-hmm. and so one recommendation that I would have if you are, if you find you ever find yourself in that position, anybody's listening to this, find themselves somewhat overwhelmed by a sheer sure quantity of information to be had, that you take it slow.
0: Oh yeah, you don't have to learn it all right away. You know, I like to learn something new every day, and mm-hmm. and sometimes I'll spend like like this week I spent a half an hour watching Natalie Lucier's videos on webinars, which I found really informative, mm-hmm. but I also was on YouTube for two minutes looking at how to wrap my earbuds, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and i still got to practice that one, by the way.
1: <laughs> I, make a, I make a little to-do list specifically for, yeah. learning, for learning technology. I know the thing I need to know next. Yes. I will say what I need to know, what I need to learn how to do next. Like, for example, I'm using my iPhone, which I just got recently, and which is a whole learning experience all by itself. One of the obvious things you'd want to know is how to take pictures. Yep. Well, I discovered easily enough how to take a picture. I just didn't find out where to where to locate that picture once I took it. It's in yep. there somewhere. I have to find out where to actually, you know, be able to see it. I took it. Now where is it? So it's really funny. It's a, it sounds like a silly thing, but learning how to take a picture and use it, learning how to make that picture show up on your computer as well as on your on your phone how to sync things from one you know, yeah. device to another. Those are different steps into one single process of, of taking photographs.
0: Yep, and, and then there's all these apps you can download mm-hmm. to make your photos look a certain way.
1: That's right. And then you can take each one of these things and mix and match it with other things. So you may, for example, learn how to take photographs. You may then want to learn how to, how to do videos. And if you learn how to do photos and videos, you may want to learn how to do a webinar, how to put them together with text, and then you may want to learn how to upload them to YouTube, and then you may want to learn how to market that YouTube video. The Things lead from one thing to another, and each thing is a separate piece of technology.
0: It is. And I think you make a really good point about, you know, not just um, going slow, but also really getting clear on what it is you want to know and what you Mm -hmm. want to learn. And how, maybe also thinking, too, how is this going to benefit me? Yeah. Well, we know taking a picture is going to benefit us because we get to have memories of different events or maybe we get to use those pictures to show something about our business uh, if we're blogging.
1: I'll tell you something interesting. It's a little, a little tiny story which is relevant here. Yeah. Uh, not too long ago, I was driving with Ruth Ann on, on a street nearby. And, uh, you know, an ordinary street doing ordinary things. It's a big street, but it's an ordinary one which we've driven on for, you know, 20 years. All of a sudden, somebody comes from the... We're in the right-hand lane, tooling along at about 30 miles an hour, and some big SUV comes crashing into us from the left lane. Oh, my God. He apparently made uh, made a turn onto the big street, and it was a wide turn, and his car or his vehicle was too big to make that turn tight. And he slammed into us from the from the on his his right his right hand side smashed into my side and my driver's side, and you know tore a nice hole in our car. We didn't get hurt, but we got smashed. Mm-hmm. Well, the guy stopped. He pulled over, and we exchanged information. And this is the way I always used to do it. We exchanged information, and I got his you know his driver's license and registration and all the different things that were necessary, and we parted company, and then. He disappeared. Mm-hmm. And I called this insurance company because I had all that information, and they said, well, did you get a police report? And I said, no, we just exchanged information. And they said, well, there's no proof that this thing actually happened. We just have your word for it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know what? I never got any ha- I never got any satisfaction from that insurance company. The guy himself disappeared. He never answered his phone. Nobody was ever where he could be. Nobody was ever at any of the, the indica- any of the places he indicated he did business at. All of that kind of thing. I would have requ- I would have been required to hire a private detective to find this guy and bring him in. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the insurance company forestalled everything by saying, "You know, I don't have to believe you." Mm-hmm. Now, if I had had an iPhone and I had been able to take a picture of that which is the kind of thing that you do now at an accident site, yep. I could have simply transmitted the picture and said, this is it. I would have had the the, uh, the license plate and car, mm-hmm. the actual picture of the car of the, of the, and the guy who, who hit me, along with uh, pictures of his driver's license and all sorts of other things. And a police report would have been nice, but it would have been not necessary. The proof of accident would have been on film.
0: Well, you know, that reminds me also, and this, you bring up a really great point here, we had... Uh, you know we have to get parking stickers for night parking in our city mm-hmm. to park on the street. And one day we came out and my husband found there was a ticket on his car. Now we had the sticker right under his license that showed that he was current and up to date, but they said unregistered car. Right. So the beautiful thing is I was able to take a picture of his license showing mm-hmm. clearly the sticker, and we were able to go in and say, Hey, we got a ticket. Here's here's our proof. Boom, done, right that's right, so, and then of course
1: the uh, the number of times that passers by on the street have mm-hmm. have been able to take photographs of incidents that needed to be needed to be shown either to the media or to the yep. police is has been invaluable in making clear problems that are social and political and otherwise that would otherwise have gone unnoticed, unreported, and where nothing was done about them yep, I mean the actual power that the public has to keep the the pol- political process honest is enormous.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, you're bringing up another really good point. Learning this technology isn't just about our businesses. It's also about us interacting in the world and being able to t- stay on top of a lot of other things as well. The, the
1: power of this stuff is really, really fantastic. And also uh, there is the issue that um, the unsavory element – in the world's population, the thieves and the terrorists and the rest mm-hmm. of them, they are on top of this technology. They know what they're doing, and they use it to great advantage. And if you are not, you're giving all the power into the hands of people who are not your friends. Right. I agree. So to some extent, you should be able to defend yourself.
0: Yes, I agree. Totally. 100%. You know, um Learning the basics of this technology is going to, I think, allow a lot of us to really live better lives. And that's really what this all comes down to, and that's what this conversation comes down to today, Mm -hmm. is that if we open our minds and learn something and learn how to work with this, we will find that technology can absolutely make our lives more convenient, more Mm -hmm. prosperous, we can be more connected, we can be more informed, and that's great.
1: You know, I have a friend who um, makes a living as a musician and a an entertainer at uh, nursing homes and extended care facilities and stuff like that. And she works with elderly people who um, are oftentimes perfectly mentally competent, but they're physically impaired or whatever. And she's laughing because these are the people who are older even than me,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, they are used to playing bingo and watching television but the people who are coming into the nursing homes now or are beginning to come in are people who want their own computers. Yes. They want they want their iPads. They want they they're they're a new crop.
0: Yep, my 93-year-old aunt is on Facebook and she uses it quite well.
1: That's right, exactly. So if you want not to be an isolated old person in a bed somewhere warehouse with, you know, with a bunch of other old people with a nurse showing up once every 5 hours to change your diapers, you had better get yourself some access.
0: I agree because, you know what, even if you're in the hospital for something or, let's say, mm-hmm. God forbid, in a nursing home, right. your computer can be your way to remain connected That's with funny. your community.
1: Also, there is, in the case of you know simply taking care of yourself, if you are feeling uncomfortable, if there's some reason why you would, might want to go to a doctor for whatever reason, the amount of um, power that you can get for yourself by looking up your own symptoms, looking up your own diseases and illnesses and medications and stuff like that, the amount of research that is available to you before you ever set foot in a doctor's office is amazingly important. I mean, I've seen an enormous amount of um, benefit to people that I know from being able to look up the things they need to find out about before they ever set foot in a doctor's office and simply take some authority's word for what has going on.
0: Well, I gotta tell you one thing though, it's dangerous for me because <laughs> sometimes while I'll, I'll like, you know, be feeling a little under the weather and I'll go on that uh-huh. WebMD and suddenly I'm convinced I have some horrendous bubonic yeah, plague. I know, I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's the downside. If you're a hypochondriac, it'll keep you busy for
0: sure. It will. So we're gonna start winding down now, Um and I just wanna again give just a couple more suggestions for people. Uh, again, I said take a class at Apple if you're an Apple user. You can find online classes at lynda.com. You can get a manual at your library or at the bookstore. There's a lot of simple ones that have great pictures on them. That's how I learned all this stuff. You can also hire a teacher. There are lots of wonderful business mentors and teachers that specialize in technology, and you can find one, quite possibly even find one in your own neighborhood. In fact, one thing for people to consider is there are lots of college students who are taking classes uh, in IT, or they're learning to become teachers, and you might be able to find a college student to help you learn this stuff.
1: I and, can mention. I can mention something else, by the way. a yeah. conditional thing that's a very big resource for everybody. Yeah. Talk to your children.
0: Yes, I was going to say that. <laughs> Absolutely, you know, get your kids or your grandkids because they've grown up with this stuff, Wald they can sit down, they can show you this stuff. You know, they can show you, and that could even be like they might show you a new way to use your phone or how uh-huh. to download a new app or maybe a social media thing. These, these kids are smart. They're on it. I love, love kids. Yeah. So I, I also agree with you. Get Hang out with a kid because ultimately, again, what we want to do is make sure that we stay on top of these things and, you know, the young people are already on top of it. So take advantage of them. And what people need to remember that not only is this technology good for your business, but it's also creating new neural pathways, and it's great for your brain.
1: I'll tell you one other thing that's a great resource that I've discovered. In the tarot community itself, there are a lot of IT people. Yes. And uh, one of the things you can do, you know, is just go on Facebook and do the various things you need to do there to find the people who do that. And more than likely, a tarot person who has that kind of, Power of, of information and knowledge. We'll be delighted to help you, and we will probably be more comfortable to work with and more uh, willing to make, uh, you know, uh, adjustments to pricing and stuff like that than anybody else would be. And you can. And a lot of the people who are in that situation are already retired. Yep. They've been doing IT for twenty years, and now they just want to do tarot.
0: Absolutely.
1: And they're more than willing to help when help is required. One of the things we're talking about here is the benefits and value of community. And so make use of the community you have. It's a very, very big resource.
0: Yes, and it's an amazing resource with, you know, there's just so many wonderful people out there who are willing to help, who want to help. So you just got to reach out. And, again, I'm going to say the Internet is really wonderful for finding these people to help you.
1: By the way, are there, I don't know about it, it only just occurred to me, are there meetups for uh, for, tech, for sharing technical information?
0: Absolutely. There's Well, there's meetups for everything. So there are technology meetups, there are business meetups. You know, there's all kinds of things out there. It's, you're just a click away from finding people that can help you.
1: If you do like the meetup idea or if you're new to it and want to find out about it, as you said, there are meetups for everything, and the meetup is essentially a place where people actually physically get together to talk about subjects of mutual interest and doing this kind of thing in community, doing this this kind of thing with other people physically in the flesh where you can actually get together at a Barnes & Noble or a bookstore of some kind or a restaurant and actually sit there for two or three hours with 10 or 15 other people who are interested in the same things you are, you can actually share and acquire a great deal of information and a very pleasing atmosphere that is an ongoing community that will be helpful to you in many ways.
0: Right on. And also a lot of our communities have adult education centers or what we have here uh, in Milwaukee is we have these recreational classes that you can take mm-hmm. that are for, you know, adults but kids come too, And they have classes in everything from how to speak French to how to bake bread mm-hmm. to learning things about creating a website or doing graphic art. So mm-hmm. your local community has oftentimes a lot of these wonderful little classes that are either free or really cheap that are also a great resource to explore.
1: Basically, the message that we're giving here, aside from the particulars, is that really you are not alone. Yep. Even if you don't know this stuff and you don't know who does, you're surrounded by a world full of people and institutions that are willing and able to help.
0: Yes. Even if it's a YouTube video on how to wind your cord, there's somebody who's done it. So. That's right. So I'm going to encourage people to keep up this conversation, and you can do that by going to the Reader Studio Facebook page to talk about this with your peers and colleagues. And I also want to encourage people to talk to your kids, talk to your partner, talk to your friends. You've got a lot of allies around you, and if you're concerned that you're never going to learn technology, please don't be ashamed to talk about it. Because I think together we can eliminate all that anxiety surrounding this, and we can find solutions so that we can continue to operate and function in this century instead of getting stuck in our outdated comfort zones. So I have a wonderful quote from Steve Ballmer that I think is really perfect for our, our talk today. And the quote is, the number one benefit of information technology is that it empowers people to do what they want to do. It lets people be creative. It lets people be productive. It lets people learn things they didn't think they could learn before. And so, in a sense, it is all about potential.
1: It is indeed. Yes. Speaking of which, what are we doing next week?
0: I'm going to get to that in just a second here, Walt. We've got a really wonderful episode, and I think it's going to be one that is also as important as every other episode that we've done. Uh, We are going to be talking about, our next episode is called Just in Case. And what this is going to be, Is a discussion about how to set up your business and your life so that your loved ones know what to do just in case. And Mm -hmm. this is a hot topic because, uh, and I've got, without going, giving too much preview of, uh, what our next discussion, you know, when my mother passed away, there was a mess left for my father. When my first husband passed away, he left no will. I mean, so we're going to be talking about these subjects, and we're also going to be talking about things like if something happens to you, how can your loved ones manage your business or shut it down for you? Uh So this is going to be a very, very important topic. It's going to be one that probably, again, we're not going to be real comfortable about, but it's an important one that we need to discuss because we do need to think about those things. And I've got lots of solutions for people.
1: I really look forward to it.
0: Yes. Yes. So for everyone who's listening today, you've just finished listening to What If. It's a podcast for tarot professionals, and this has been Episode 3 out of 6. To listen to all six episodes for free, visit thetarolady.com and click on the Podcast tab under Freebies, or you can download them directly in iTunes. And Walden and I just gave you a little preview. Next week we will be, in our next episode, excuse me, we'll be talking about Just In Case. How to set up your business in life so your loved ones know what to do just in case. This podcast was recorded at the Tarot Lady Hub and edited by Teresa Reed. Our opening song was written by Dr. Christopher Lloyd Clark at Royaltyfree MeditationMusic.com and used with permission. Special thanks to all the professional tarot readers all over the world who are wonderful role models for the tarot community and for making a difference every day in the lives of the people they serve. Again, I'm your host, Teresa Reed. And my co-host is Walt Amberstone, and we are wishing you a beautiful rest of the day and many blessings. So we'll see you next time.
1: See you next time.